It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. BYU football opens the 2022 season with a bang, putting up a 50 spot on USF. We're talking about it on a special postcast edition of Locked On Cougars. Side hole in the gun. On the jet sweep, Puka Nakua with space. And Nakua across midfield. Nakua breaking away. A dream start to the season for BYU. 75 yards. Tight end comes around, blocks the backside. He just runs in behind that big offensive line. Pickup of 12, right back to Katoa, the veteran bending it to the outside, and he's ridden down by cornerback Christian Williams. With that veteran offensive line. Jumbo is set here on first and goal. Tenth play of the drive for the Cougars, and again on an end around, it's Nakua burrowing in for his second rushing touchdown. (laughs) Empty gun for Bohannon. It's picked off. And a pick six for Max Tooley. BYU pouring it on early. He can sit back and go to his second and third reads for the most part. Third and four. All running the speed option. And Chris Brooks has the first down and more. Brooks shedding tackles and hauled down at the 20. You know, just over six foot. On play action, wide open, it's Dallin Holker for the touchdown. BYU is humming to start 2022. (laughs) Hey, Bum, how's it going? I scored two touchdowns in the first quarter, and now I'm good. (laughs) Oh, what a strike from Jaron Hall down the seam. How about that disparity in first downs? Hall feeds Chris Brooks. Brooks, off he goes. 52 yards for the touchdown. (laughs) His first as a BYU Cougar. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a special postcast edition of Locked On Cougars. I'm Jay Catch, your host here every single day talking all things BYU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This coming to you a little bit later on on a Saturday evening, but that's all due to the delay we endured, two and a half hours. But was it all worth it? I think it was. You just saw and heard, depending on whether you're listening to this or watching it on YouTube. Saw some of the highlights there, all courtesy of ESPN. Thank you to the thank you to them for those highlights. Not 100% certain. I don't know if sure they're going to render the right way because kind of rendered based on what I was seeing on my end as more standard def than high definition. Hopefully that may uh, correct itself in post-prob. But nonetheless, uh, some of the highlights from a huge win for the BYU football program taking their season opener 50-21 to in Tampa, Florida over the USF Bulls. And folks, 
Wasn't that about as good of a season-opening win as you could have hoped for for the BYU football program? I freely admit, I had all kinds of trepidation about BYU going into this game. I wasn't 100% certain what to expect from USF because of the new coordinators, the overhaul of their roster. Wasn't sure how BYU was going to come out. And obviously, when you're four minutes, literally four minutes away from kicking off, and the lightning strike within the area, it was an eight-mile radius, I think, around the campus, not around the campus, around the stadium, Raymond James Stadium, and then they delay the game for two and a half hours, I really wondered how BYU was going to handle their business. Well, they handled it about as well as you possibly could have hoped for, putting up 50 points, 575 total yards of offense. What a win for the BYU football program, ranked number 25 for the time being. I'm assuming they're going to move up in the national polls due to some other teams. I'm, I'm assuming that will move down. Obviously, the University of Utah losing in a heartbreaker to uh, Florida just up the road from BYU, about two hours away in Gainesville. Uh, the Utes falling 29-26 to to the Florida Gators. So, some teams going to fall out, fall in the polls. BYU, a future opponent, Oregon getting absolutely boat raced by Georgia. The, there's a lot to talk about. We'll recap more of that on the Monday edition of the show, but this edition is talk more about BYU. And my overall takeaways from this, I'm actually going to do some letter grades for each phase of the game here for BYU. Offensively, I'd give it an A. Really the only downside to BYU's offensive performance in this, 314 yards rushing, Christopher Brooks 135 yards in his debut. Uh, when you put up over 300 yards rushing, you don't throw that back. The only blemish in the entirety of that offensive performance was a pretty bad interception thrown by Jaron Hall. I'm not sure what he saw on that play. I think he just misread that and didn't see the defender sitting underneath it and just got that picked off in the end zone. And That uh, seemingly, in a way, a got USF a little momentum, but what happens almost like, it was actually, what, three plays later, four plays later, USF snaps the ball out of the back of the end zone after their uh, punter can't handle the high snap, or it wasn't necessarily a super high snap, but just couldn't handle the the long snap there on the punt attempt and gives BYU safety, and all of a sudden it's 40 to 14 at that point, and that's all she wrote, it felt like. It really, BYU reasserted any form of control they may have lost, no matter how small at that point, and it was off to the races, and BYU finished it off with a flourish. So I think it was a fantastic offensive performance. I give it an A. I really, really liked what I saw, especially uh, from Jaron Hall outside of that interception, completing passes to 12 different players on this roster. Talk about spreading the wealth. Cody Epps, if you had him as BYU's leading reception guy in terms of overall receptions with four, well, Cash in your your chips now because I sure didn't have that. Uh, Puka Nakua d- didn't expect him to play less than a what five six minutes in this game. They said they took him out for precautionary reasons. I got my questions though, considering he was spotted uh, leaving the field on crutches with his uh, foot and ankle in a boot. But we'll track that throughout the upcoming week. But. All things considered, a fantastic offensive performance. Now, on the defensive side of the football, I'm going to give them a B plus. And the reason why I said B plus is because it felt like BYU, the early part of this game, six drives in, USF had not crossed the 50. They had not gotten into BYU territory. Three of those drives were three and out, so BYU's defense stiffening nicely. Also, the pick six uh, for Max Tooley, a fantastic read by him, an individual play that you saw in that highlight package to start the show or listen to it. 
fantastic, fantastic stuff from him. Very much uh, a, a big fan of how BYU went about their business defensive on defense early on. But I think later on they started to soften a little bit. And that can be due in part just to the fact that BYU's up, what, there was 38 nothing after those six drives for USF. So, okay, you're going to expect a little bit of a slip because BYU's just a little bit more lax with how they were playing. They're mo- moving in some backups, that type of stuff. You would like to see them maybe close the door a little uh, better on USF. But closing the door on a game where you were in control literally from moment one, uh, Pukunakua, as you saw, taking that very first play to the house, 75 yards. Uh <laughs> I don't know, B-plus may be a little harsh. Let me know what you think. I think B-plus, just considering they did give up 21 points, uh, USF had its moments, and if Gary Bohannon is any uh, more accurate than he was in this game, and he was not necessarily all that accurate, but he had some opportunities to get some big passes and kind of overthrew guys, threw it in front of guys, threw it behind guys. Had he been able to complete some more of those passes, BYU's defense may have given up more yardage and maybe some more points. That's one thing. The back end of BYU's defense, the safeties in particular, they are going to hate film review because they're going to get absolutely roasted by Ed Lamb, and that's that's a concern. The BYU safety group struggled as much as they did because you have a big-time opponent in Baylor a week from tonight, but that's another storyline to track throughout the upcoming week. Now, the third phase of the game, special teams. This is where BYU uh, struggled the most. And it's, it's only because of one thing. Kickoff coverage. BYU's kickoff coverage was, in a word, abysmal. I give the overall special teams... Uh, B minus, uh, I want to say C plus in some ways, but that kickoff coverage, they got to revisit what they were doing. And let me also be very clear about this. I, I can help fill in the gaps here because a number of you were tweeting at me. We're going to get to your comments. We asked for them, solicited them on social media. We'll get to those in just a moment as we round out this special postcast edition of the show. But the biggest thing with regards to the kickoff coverage, let me explain the strategy that Ed Lamb has tri- is trying well, was trying to deploy in this game, we'll see if he continues to try to deploy it moving forward, is that he sees kickoffs the same way that you see punts. And what I mean by that is he wants to see kicks high and with a lot of hang time to allow his coverage unit to get downfield and set up to tackle the returner if they decide to return the football. Well, especially in the third quarter when they started the second half, speaking of Joe Horn Jr. returning that kick for a kickoff, the 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 hang time on those kicks absolutely atrocious. Uh, Jake Oldroyd needed to get those kicks higher up into the air. He wants essentially them to be like a, a, a punt. I know that sounds weird, but that's how Ed Lamb goes about the strategy. He wants them high and into the corner, allowing his defenders, the 10 guys on punt, uh, not punt coverage, kick coverage, to get down there and tackle their guys. That, that's what ideally Ed Lamb wants. The problem was the kicks were, were not high enough. They did not have the requisite hang time he wanted to see from Jake Oldroyd in this. Will he revisit maybe who's doing kickoffs? Maybe so. Or will Jake Oldroyd have a bounce-back effort against Baylor? Time will tell, but that part of the special teams drag their grade down significantly because you cannot give up kick return touchdown you can't allow another kick return they got to I think midfield it just it wasn't good enough on that end Jake Oldroyd made all of his kicks uh, two field goals in this game so you, that was good Brian Rico was called upon very sparsely in this blowout but when he was in there very nicely done had a nice punt where they uh, got it down right inside it was at the five or the six yard line very very nicely done on that end and in terms of returns Talmadge Gunther filling in for Hobbs Nyberg I thought he didn't do anything to hurt BYU, so you got to give him a pretty good grade there. But I just think the kickoff coverage in particular, ugh, downright atrocious. So I guess I'll give him a B minus because I think the overall grade outside of that, pretty good. But when you're that bad in one phase of the special teams, you just can't have it. So 
Those are my takeaways. Uh, let me know what you guys have on social media. We're going to get to more of your takeaways here in just a moment, but we do need to talk about this. This win brought to you by this bad boy. Yes, that is a Built Puff Cougar Tail flavor. It's the brand new flavor launched by Built Bar, our friends, one of our great sponsors here on the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Cougars. Uh, and the best part about this, folks, if you have not had this Built Puff Cougar Tail, it's as close to a Cougar Tail as you possibly can get without actually having a Cougar Tail at LES at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's absolutely incredible. You still have a chance to go get them. The best part is 15% of all the proceeds from those Built Bar cells, the, the Cougar Tail cells, excuse me, all these Cougar Tail cells, every 15% of them go directly back to BYU and BYU football players. That is a way you can support the BYU football program. Also via their name, image, and likeness agreement they have with the Built branded companies as well. The best part is we're going to save you 15% on your end as well. When you go to built.com right now, use the promo code locked on 15. That is L O C K E D O N one five for 15% off your order. Save yourself 15%. And at the same time, help support the BYU football program by supporting our friends. Once again, I'm going to show you right here, the built Cougar tail by supporting our friends over at built bar. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Hope you guys are absolutely doing fantastic. Whether you're watching this late on Saturday night, early Sunday morning, no matter where you listen to it, thank you for joining us on the special postcast edition of the show. All right, going to try something here. I've done this before. Let's see if it works. Yeah, we're going to share the screen so you guys on YouTube can see uh, the uh, the comments that we're about to read here. I'm actually going to maximize the screen here. There we go. That's more like it. All right, let's start off. Uh, first comment coming in from our good friend Jake Summers here at Summers underscore 1280. And I asked the question, what are your takeaways? We did this all last year on the podcast. We're on YouTube now, so it's a different look. But it says, all around good. Kickoff team needs some work there. I completely agree. We just talked about that. Not a great strategy kicking to an All-American returner. The funny thing about that, Brian Batie, the All-American kick returner, only had a couple of kicks. He actually returned. BYU did kick away from him, but Joe Horn Jr. is the one that made them pay. So uh, they did avoid the All-American kick returner. Still didn't do them much good. All right, Connor Packham, you see right there, at Packham Connor saying that we strike first, strike hard, but show too much mercy. I think that's a reference uh, to Karate Kid. And Connor, I don't know, it's too much mercy? 21 points? I don't know. I thought it was okay, but uh, I thought it was overall a pretty decent output. Our good friend Nick Chadwick checking in at Nick Chadwick 15 saying, Offense, thumbs up. Why Hall did why, excuse me, why Hall finished game? I think he's meaning why did uh, Jaron Hall finish game? Honestly, I think it was the season opener, and BYU just wanted to get him as many reps as possible. I would have liked to see Jacob Conover, I admit. Uh, he says kickoff is the poop emoji. Yeah, probably good good analogy there. Defense still scares me. I, I can get that, but I thought defense, early, especially early on when they were really locked in, I thought BYU's defense played pretty darn well. I, I'll, maybe I'll disagree with you a little bit there. And then finally, number five from Nick Chadwick there, wide receivers, a thumbs up. Absolutely. We have 12 guys catching passes, not all of them wide receivers. Dallin Holker, Isaac Rex, Chris Brooks, Lopini Katoa, uh, they all got receptions in this game. But wide receiving core, outside of ha- not having uh, Pukunakua for what, 40 minutes of that 48-minute uh, game? I don't know. It, it was good to see that, especially with no Gunnar Romney out there. 
there. The wide receivers really stepped up. Uh, White Crisco right here at White Crisco on Twitter saying, why the secondary struggles? It's a great question, White Crisco. I'm not 100% certain if it was a scheme thing. I do know that USF has some really, really good athletes out there, and they actually, I thought, showed really, really well. Like I said, if Gary Bohannon's a little more accurate, he may may be what you pay a little bit more than they already did on defense. The back end of BYU's defense, like I said, the film review, going to be a little slouching down in the seat saying, oh, don't point me out, coach. But that's kind of how you have to you have to, just, you have to grit and bear it. All right, our good friend Big Uncle Pooh, uh, the mayor of BYU tailgating. Cannot wait to see what Pooh's got cooked up for next week for the season uh, for the home opener for BYU. Says, good first game win. Defense showed improvement from last year. Offense is going to be fun this year and in the future. I'm agreeing with you completely there, Pooh. It sure looks like the offense is set to do special things if tonight was any indication of what we can expect. Our next one up, Jaden Priest, USA could have scored four more touchdowns and still lost. These guys came within one possession in Provo last year. I have no complaints. All right, Jaden. Uh, Jaden J. Priest, by the way, on Twitter. If you guys want to follow each other on social media, would very much encourage that. I like that. No complaints at all. I... I can respect that. All right, we're at Ryan Welling at Ryan underscore Welling here. Really great, really great game all in all. Not sure what is going on with kickoff and kickoff return. Lopini is the unsung hero. I would agree Lopini was one of the guys who kind of got overlooked in all of this. Offensive line continues to impress. Some mistakes were made, but they are entirely fi- fixable, so I am optimistic. Now, the offensive line, I think we need to talk about that for a moment here. BYU's offensive line was absolutely dominant in this game. I thought they lived up to every bit of the hype. We had heard about them in training camp. Very, very impressed with what BYU was showing uh, on their offensive line. Really, really liked that showing. And the nice part is they were rotating some of the guys they talked about in this game. And there was very little, if if any, fall off. That, that's the that's the extra special news. Our good friend Chad Clough here. Jaron Hall showing his NFL caliber poise and throws. Involving the whole team. Brooks and Katoa really running really strong. Good play calling. Defense stout. Um, I think that's a, a good assessment there. Uh, by the way, uh, Christopher Brooks, I really liked how he was putting his shoulder down early on in this game, and then he finally got his chance to break out. He's at 52 yards off to the races and showing off. He's got some top-end speed, folks. Uh, I think he is a like-for-like replacement for Tyler Algier, at least through one uh, week. So that was really, really good to see. So I, I really liked what we saw overall from BYU as it bring us back to full screen here. But I think the big thing is, and we're going to get some more of these comments here in a moment, is that BYU, I thought it was a pretty complete performance, all things considered, for the Cougars. That That's what you wanted to see, I think, if you're a BYU fan. It's what I wanted to see from the Cougars. I wanted to see them just go out and handle their business. I wanted to see them be that veteran team that goes to Tampa, a place that BYU traditionally has struggled. They just recently got their very first win in the sunshine, sunshine, sun, 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 okay, words out of mouth, sunshine state. Uh, in 2020, in that Boca Raton Bowl, they're now two and uh, they've won two straight games in Florida. Who knows the next time they'll be back in Florida? Probably UCF. Whenever they meet meet up in Big 12 play, that maybe could be as soon as next year if BYU is uh, sent on the road to uh, UCF. But I think the bigger thing is BYU had a very very impressive performance. All right, some other comments uh, here. I'm gonna pull this up on my personal Twitter feed. Those were all from the Locked On Cougars Twitter feed. Uh, so let me pull this up and see if I can get these in here. We're working on this, but oh, also one other point, real quick, while I'm, while I'm pulling this up. I actually really liked uh, what we saw from guys like Jackson McChesney coming in late in this game. You know Jackson's fourth string on the depth chart. He's not necessarily getting a lot of reps probably in practice, but it was good to see him run hard in this game. 
I think that is a performance that could help him earn some reps uh, in future games when BYU needs a strong run late in a game. That, that's what the thing that you can count on from uh, Jackson McChesney. I was a little bit surprised that Miles Davis did not play as much as I expected him to, but I, I think the bigger thing is you need to uh, see what uh, what to expect from him moving forward. Is He's going to kind of have to take reps here and there because it sure looks like Christopher Brooks and Lopini Katoa are your one-two uh, bat, your one-two punch there, and we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I don't mean to harp too much because it's a fifty-point performance. Like, really, what? Are there much to complain about? I'm pulling up, by the way, the, these other tweets here on my own uh, Twitter feed at Jacob Z Hatch. But I maybe I'm harping just a little too much on the running back group. All right, a couple other comments coming in here. This comes from our dear friend Nick Lee, right there at the very bottom. Nick Lee fifty-one on Twitter says, "Personally, I needed this win after a really tough week with the family. Sports can bring us so much joy and brings families together. BYU even more so. Glad it was relatively stress-free." And Nick, uh, let me just say this right up front. I I, I send my sincere condolences to you and your family. Uh, Nick actually lost his mother this week, and Nick, uh, I just want to express my condolences to you and your family. It's never tough to lose a loved one, especially your mom, so uh, hope you're doing well, and thank you for weighing in. I know it's a tough time for you and your family. Next comment, uh, Jimmy Dub at Cougar Jimmy says, the first quarter of the defense looked good but fell off quickly. Okay, I think they made it through the first half, really. I did disagree with you on that, Jimmy. But he says, I realized that holding them to 21 points was good enough to get the job done, but to quote an old coach of mine, good enough ain't good enough if you want, if you want to be great. I want to see these boys be great. Thanks, Jake. Love the show. We all want to see BYU be great. There's no doubt about that. We'll have to see if they can uh, clean it up a little bit next week. They're going to have to clean it up, obviously, because Baylor's coming to town, and you know that you want some payback against the Bears for what happened last year. Jordan Naylor at JNails21 on Twitter says, Puka Nakua is elite, and the and the offensive line is dominant. Uh, dominate is what he wrote, but it means dominant. Clean up the special teams and secondary er- er- errors, and we have something. It's not a bad. I like that, Jordan. Yeah, okay. I like that. Wait, thank you for waiting. Uh, Jimmy Chesh, at Jimmy Chesh, saying, BYU put up 50 and did it very vanilla. Season gonna be fun. Uh, Jimmy, we'll see. I, I'm interested to see how things uh, go out. And they did do it very vanilla. It was kind of funny to hear Barrett Brooks, by the way, uh, talking on the game. All they're doing is they're running inside zone and outside zone. That's all they're doing, and they're carving up USF. Well, guess what? The best part is that vanilla, the holding back stuff for you for Baylor, which you probably hope to do going into this game if you're the BYU coaching staff, especially Aaron Roderick, well, you're able to do it because you pretty much dominated with about six different plays, it felt like, in some ways in this matchup. Uh, Jordan here at George Jall saying, Puka Nakua is going to leave BYU as an all-time player. Book it. Well, I don't think that's a hot take at all. I, he's he In what? I don't know how many minutes he actually played. It was less than the first half of the first quarter before leaving with that ankle injury. Well, what did he have? 79 rushing yards, two touchdowns, and one reception for 22 yards? Oh, 76 yards uh, total rushing. So he had 98 total yards uh, in less than a half a quarter's worth of work. And had he played the entire game, who knows what he might have put up. It's crazy, crazy what Puka could do. I, I completely agree with you there. Uh, J.C. Kuterer, I, Kuterer uh, JT, I apologize if I'm, I'm butchering your name there. Feel like BYU put up 50 points fairly easy while not showing a whole ton of the playbook. Completely agree there. I will be interested to see the improvements on offense, trying to be more crisp and cleaner for a full 60 minutes. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously. It's the first game. And they put up 50 points. Like, There's not much to complain about, but there are things, obviously, that you'll want to clean up from the first game. There's a lot of people out there. You'll hear it all the time in the cliche. Your most improvement comes from game one to game two of the season. Well, if that's the case, BYU could be in a very good spot going into that rematch against Baylor next week. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, Chris at Real Chris Call says, I looked it. I mean, me, I think, 
it looked solid. Coasted through the second half. Defense played okay, but the USF QB was weak. Against a better QB, the defense would have been torched. Also, kick the dang ball out of the back of the end zone. Well, uh, Chris, I'm not sure BYU is a guy who actually has the leg to kick it out of the end zone. That's my personal opinion. I just, I'm just i not sure that Jake Oldroyd, maybe, maybe Cash Peterman, maybe Justin Smith, maybe even Ryan Rico could boot it out of the back of the end zone, but sure looks like the strategy from Ed Lamb is to keep it in the field of play and hopefully make a good tackle, but that did not happen tonight. JT Lamoureux, a good friend here at JT underscore Lamoureux, says the offense looked great minus that interception. Seems like the defense still has a few things to work on, but the kickoff team didn't help them. Completely agree there. Are the short kickoffs intentional by Ed Lamb? Yes, I already addressed that earlier on, JT. The kickoff coverage is cleaned up, and the defense can keep healthy. This should be a special season. Yes, the defense staying healthy, by the way. That's that's one thing I need to hit on. Josh Larson, as well as Gabe Summers, were dinged up in this game. Hope is that they are not long-term injuries. Obviously, will be. I'll be re-watching the film. I'm not 100% certain if I ever saw them come back in. If they did, I missed it, and I apologize. I was doing a lot of stuff with regards to my radio coverage for the zone uh, for the zone up in Salt Lake. But if they did come back in, that's a positive. I'll watch on my film review as we talk about that on Monday. We'll get that to, out to you ASAP uh, on, I guess, tomorrow. It's almost midnight here, but we'll get that out to you soon enough. All right, Tyson Tyson Rubel with a few more comments here before we go. O-line looks fantastic. Brooks is a stud, and Hall is another first-round quarterback. Now, I think the jury is still out on if Jaron Hall truly is a first-round quarterback, but if he is taken in the first round, think about that. In Inside of three seasons, BYU will have two back-to-back first-round draft picks at quarterback if it pans out that way. I am convinced that Jaron Hall is in his final year playing for BYU. I, I completely think that this is his final go-round as the signal caller for the Cougars. But, hey, he ends up as a first-round draft pick. Talk about development for the BYU uh quarterback position considering what has it been? What was the last time they had a first-round uh, draft pick in, at quarterback? I guess you have to go back to Jim McMahon? Been a hot minute, folks. 40-plus years? Crazy. All right, Amber Roberts, one of our dear friends, a GFOP, says, I think the team played their cards close to their vests and still dominated without diving into the playbook. Next week, we'll bring in a different kind of heat. Baylor should be a telling competition. Then you see George Q. Cannon, uh, G-O-Q. Cannon. Uh, By the way, Amber is at Amber, Amber NN underscore says, I worry about Baylor. So uh, one of those interesting things about this, I I don't necessarily uh, think that BYU is necessarily... uh, How am I I trying to say this? I think BYU wanted to go into this game and be purposely vanilla on offense and to uh, limit the opportunities that Baylor would be able to scout them. Because BYU is going to have plenty of film already out that Baylor can scout, obviously, the matchup they played last year. So if you can hold some stuff in reserve, which I assume they did in this game and still dominated, that's the positive. So... I really like the performance from BYU. I think that they handled their business. They did thing, did it in a veteran manner, and that's exactly what you wanted to see. If you're BYU, a BYU fan, in my case, as a BYU media member uh, covering the Cougars, very, very impressed with the Cougars. Of course, I will do my film review. We'll have a Monday edition of the show with talking about that as well as some of the other news and notes from the weekend that was in BYU sports. By the way, Don Staley uh, making some headlines with her decision to cancel a home-and-home home series, the BYU women's basketball program. Uh, I've got some thoughts on that. No time here. Uh, not, not not enough time to discuss that. We'll get to that on the Monday edition of the show, and we'll also talk about whatever else happened over the weekend in BYU sports. We'll have it all covered for you. And also, the college football playoff expanding. That's a positive if you're a BYU fan as they get ready to go into the Big 12. That means more opportunities for the Cougars to go in and potentially challenge for a playoff spot if they can keep the momentum up from what they've built up over the last three years in football and maybe challenge for a playoff spot as soon as, what, 2024 if it's implemented by then? 
we got a lot to cover next week on the show. So big thank you for joining us on this postcast edition of the show, a special edition. We do them no matter the time. I, next week, by the way, Baylor will get done. I'll probably be recording that at like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. But you know what? I do it. It's a labor of love. I absolutely love talking with you guys. So thank you so much for your interaction. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great evening, great day whenever you hear this. Hope you all are doing fantastic. We'll be back with you guys again soon. This has been the postcast edition of Locked on Cougars. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.